Welcome into the DFS Player Profiler Roto Underworld Big Tilt Podcast. Week 18 is here. The final week. All the preparation. All the people who just play casually have gone by the wayside. So you're here because hard work, research, and strategy matters the most in Week 18. I'm your host, Mike Randall. Follow me on Twitter at Randall Rand. And no one is better to give you the ins and outs, the machinations, who's starting, how much are they playing, than the good doctor. Our doctor here at Roto Underworld, the director of player analytics, Josh Larkey. Follow him on Twitter at JLarkeyTweets. It has been a pleasure, Dr. Larkey, to join you now for the 18th week in a row. How you doing? Mike, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. What an intro. <laughs> yeah, this is week 18. It's exciting. And I mean, we can never guarantee people are going to make money any week, but historically week 18 or uh, in years past the week 17, the final week of the season has historically been a very good one for the DFS grinders because there are so many games that are going to be traps. We have some very murky playing time in a few games where we're, we're pretty much just avoiding that game altogether. Yet I know there's going to be people, for instance, uh, double stacking Aaron Rodgers, other moves that we know, for instance, are just uh, 0% chance you win. The Packers have clinched the one seed. What are you doing? But there's going to be people that are not listening to podcasts and they're like, oh, 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 no one's playing Aaron Rodgers but me this week. <laughs> point, point, case in point, it's, it's going to be a good week. Happy to be here. I know that you've had some snow where you are, which... Sounds to me like you're going to be able to get all curled up by the fire and make some DFS lineups this weekend. Little hot chocolate, Josh, with some whipped cream, and you are understating it. I remember each week, 17, now 18, that I play, there are so many lineups out there with Brady. People play Godwin, you know, like he's not even playing. Don't underestimate that. The advantage has never been larger than in week 18. And, of course, folks, don't forget, we are partnered with Underdog Fantasy the leader in fantasy football entertainment. Josh is on there, I believe, 24-7, in his bed, on the toilet, drafting lineups, getting ready. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD for up to $100, 100% up to $100 match bonus promo code UNDERWORLD on Underdog Fantasy. A big fan and a friend of the Underworld and player profiler. And Josh, tell them about the tournaments they have. Just incredible. So I understand fantasy football season's over for redraft but we have the nfl playoff best ball tournaments ongoing right now on underdog fantasy and there's three of them at different price points the mitten filled up so quickly that was a five dollar tournament and a lot of people out there said wow i would really like to throw five dollars at you over and over again this week and they said okay and they made the mitten two another five dollar tournament you want higher stakes? We got the gauntlet, $25 entry. You want the highest of stakes? You're a big roller? The big mitten, $250 entry. And let me tell you, I have found the only plus EV strategy in these tournaments, guaranteed plus EV. And I want to let you all in on it. Now, I'm not saying that this is probably going to hit. It's probably not going to hit. But if we're just looking at basic probabilities, if we're look, look, you want to burn a few entries, 
in the $5 mitten, cool. There's 22,500 entrants. Nobody is stacking eagles. Yet, last I checked, they clinched a playoff spot. It is literally the only NFL team that has already clinched a playoff spot that where every single player goes undrafted in pretty much every draft. And you know what I've been doing? I've been firing off some Eagle stacks with my final three picks. Hurts, Devonta Smith, Goddard. And hey, it's probably not going to work out, but say that the Eagles have 1% Super Bowl odds. Or even, you know what? Let's say that they have 0.3% Super Bowl odds, but a but a 1% chance of getting there. Okay, 1 in 100 chance of getting there. 22,500 entrants. As long as they have better than a 1 in 22,000 chance, and I'm the only one that's drafting Eagles, that sounds pretty nice to me. Why don't you hop in on the fun and draft some Eagles with me? Sprinkle them into a few drafts. I've done a lot where I go either Chiefs or Bills early, and then final three picks, Philly stacks. And I go, hey, if the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, here's a lot of different ways that this team is super, super unique and going to crush in the playoffs. Let's say that the Eagles get out first round. They're probably going to get out first round. But, I mean, we've seen Jalen Hurts in comeback mode. The guy is an absolute fantasy points monster. Even if you only get out of week one and all your Eagles are dead after that, it at the very least would help you advance to have Eagles in your lineup. Draft some Eagles. And I'm, don't do it every draft. Yeah, you, you don't want to be overloaded in your portfolio with a, a six or seven seed. But... We're talking about the only plus EV strategy, the Eagles. And that's the way to look at it, folks. And not enough people do. Your chance of winning versus the chance of this lineup being unique. And God forbid, Josh, the Eagles win. Suppose they win. Suppose they win the first round of the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, your value goes sky high. Well, I think there's never been a week that's more important for us to outline the chalk than this week. And is the chalk even relevant? Well, you guys can decide. Starting at quarterback on DK, Josh Allen, Trey Lance, Kyler Murray, Ryan Tannehill. Again, how much they're going to play, we'll get into each game individually. On FanDuel, Kyler, Allen, Tom Brady, of course, and Matthew Stafford. Despite the interceptions, despite the turnovers, it's about volume. Running back and wide receiver, sir. So on DraftKings and FanDuel, the the most popular play is most likely going to be Rashad Penny. I mean, every healthy start at this point this year, he's had 135 or more rushing yards. What can't the guy do? You can pretty much lock him in for 100 plus rushing yards and one to two touchdowns. Also, Jonathan Taylor going up against Jacksonville. Keyshawn Vaughn, no Fournette, no Ronald Jones. Devin Singletary, who's now a bell cow. Antonio Gibson's back. Dalvin Cook. Deonta Foreman against that Houston Rundy, and then of course David Montgomery. And then FanDuel is basically all the same characters, except also DeAndre Swift on FanDuel. On or if we turn to receivers for DraftKings, Justin Jefferson. Remember the Bears secondary, very depleted. DJ Moore. I don't know if Robbie Anderson plays. He hasn't practiced this week. Christian Kirk. Very important game for the Cardinals. Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle projecting to be very popular against the Patriots. Don't quite understand that one. Probably going to be under the field on those guys. Lockett and Metcalf. 
after that big Russ explosion last week, I think. And then uh, Brandon Cooks, always reliable. And then on FanDuel, pretty much the, the only big difference is that Cooper Cup's also pretty popular on FanDuel. It's very hard to fit him in on DraftKings. And then for tight end on DraftKings, it's Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, Cole Komet, kind of in that middle range. You want to pay up a little more Zach Ertz, who's been a usage monster. We'll get into him shortly. FanDuel, Ertz, Higby as well. And then Kyle Pitts and Rob Gronkowski. So going up a little bit in price for a couple of those FanDuel guys. I'll pass it back to you for the defenses. Yeah, defense is important here because they usually show up in week 18. Losing offensive skill players can change offense, but defenses work together as a unit. So there's still some good value here. Browns rivalry against Cincinnati. Sam Weish, of course, looking down and talking about that game. Washington football team versus the Giants. Another rivalry, Titans and Houston. Fan duel. Bills versus the Jets. Steelers, Ravens, always a tight game. The Bucks against Carolina at home. Going to grab some turnovers there. And the Vikings, Bears. So a lot of good rivalries within the division with good games that you can exploit the defenses, particularly at home. Let's jump into it. Big game here. A lot of implications in this game. 49ers at Rams. Niners need to win to stay in, keep the Saints off their back. Rams at home looking to secure the division. Four and a half point spread, 44 and a half point over under. Rams looking to fire. Niners going out to play the Rams. Destroyed them at home. How are they going to do here, Josh? I really like this game. Put it first on the show sheet. I mean, every single game this week is a divisional game, which is always a lot of fun. And with this one, the Niners have to win to make the playoffs, basically. If they don't win, very, very difficult. They suddenly need the Saints to to lose to the Falcons, which I, I think the Saints are a lot better than the Falcons. So Niners really want this one. And then the Rams really want this one, too because they want to make sure that they win the division. That's important for home games and the playoffs. They've got the Cardinals basically nipping at their toes, tons for each team to play for. And I really like the Stafford double stacks like I do pretty much every week. Niners run defense, very good. Pass defense, suspect. And you, you got to stack them with Cooper Cup. Stafford Cup is kind of where you should begin. The past three games, Cup has a 33 target share. He's basically getting all the targets. And that's actually a higher target share than OBJ and Van Jefferson combined. OBJ seeing around 17% of the targets recently. Van Jefferson is seeing under 13% of the targets. And you're probably going to pick it up if you're listening loudly. The fire department across the street from (laughs) the sirens are going off. And they're all saying, yeah, you got to play some Stafford Cup. Fight the PTSD of cup not hitting last week of Stafford and his interceptions. We we know what this offense can do. We've seen it happen before. I'm going to be playing a lot of Stafford stacks. And then I'm going to mix in some Sony Michelle in my Stafford stacks. He's running over 20 routes a game. That's fun. And do you want to know who has a higher target share the last few weeks than both OBJ and Van Jefferson? Oh, it's, I mean, it's Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, yep. 21% target share the last few weeks. Uh, you're probably going to want to play some Higby. I know he's chalk, but he's going to be played significantly less in these double stacks. People don't like to double stack. So throw Higby in with Cup at times. And then for the runbacks, I mean, how do we not just cram Debo Samuel in whenever we can? The last few weeks, he has a 29% target share while still getting the six carries a game. Just a total monster. 
Kittle seeing only a 15% target share recently, basically half of Debo with no carries. Really, really hard to pay up for Kittle compared to Debo right now. Ayuk priced okay. The, the target share, it's been similar to Kittle. Really, Debo is the guy to play in this offense passing-wise. And then Elijah Mitchell, I do believe he's going to play. He is still the bell cow. Don't forget, 21 carries, as many routes run as Jermichael Hasty last week. Mitchell is just phenomenally priced on DraftKings. I mean, both Mitchell and Michelle are 6K. Very hard to get off of them. And then uh, I will note Kyle Shanahan's been hush-hush on who the starter is. I believe it's Lance. I, I like Lance at 5,500 DraftKings, 7,000 FanDuel. I mean, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm less interested in the 49er stacks, but I'll still play Stafford. Assuming that it's Lance, I will have some Lance stacks in my lineup. 5,500 DraftKings, 7,000 FanDuel. The price has gone up, but he's still affordable on both platforms, though it is a tough defense. So going to be, just like last week, I'll probably be below the field again on Lance, since I know a lot of people love playing Lance. But remember, mobile quarterbacks are hard to stack. And every time that he tucks and runs it on a pass play, that is directly taking fantasy points out of his stack partner's hands. And it's a lot easier. You have fewer things to get right if you go... Stafford double stack and run it back with Mitchell, run it back with Debo. Suddenly you have four of your nine lineup slots filled. Very few places to go wrong after that compared to Lance and who else? Next up, Baltimore minus five against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh still fighting. Ravens even the slimmest of chances. Nothing like a good AFC North battle here with so much on the line. 41 over under. Looks like it's going to be Tyler Huntley. Ben Roethlisberger had his swan song. I remember I put out in this game, Josh, at one point, Ben was like 20 of 31 for 93 yards or 96 yards. Just a shell of his former self here. But Ravens, Steelers, of course, either one of these teams get in, they could be dangerous. Where do we go for DFS value? So I actually had the podfather himself, Matt Kelly, on first mover this past Monday. And it's going to shock the world. We both like Big Ben Roethlisberger this week in DFS. The Steelers have a lot to play for. Terrible Baltimore secondary. It's a very consolidated offense. I started to get a little worried. It got dicey when Deontay Johnson had COVID or was was at least put on the list. He's back off the COVID list, which I think is just, that's really important. You don't really want to play Roethlisberger if Deontay Johnson's not in this game. So we got Deontay back. Najee Harris has been a total monster. Uh, Claypool definitely want to put him in your, your rotation for these Roethlisberger double stacks because if Big Ben hits, he's probably taking two guys with him. But one note, Claypool and Ray Ray McLeod basically getting the same amount of targets the last few weeks. That's not really what you want to see if you're, you're throwing Claypool into your DFS lineup is knowing that Ray Ray McLeod is going to be soaking up five or six targets in this one. But Anyway, you don't really want Ray Ray McLeod in DFS. So I think Big Ben with two of Najee, Deontay, Claypool, and Pat Fryermuth. And to your point about Big Ben's inefficiency, the final stat line, Big Ben totaled 46 pass attempts, 308 air yards. This resulted in 123 passing yards. The guy was averaging... Under three 
yards per attempt. I mean, Najee Harris is terribly inefficient. He was way more efficient than Big Ben in this one. Just craziness. And I don't think a lot of people are going to play Roethlisberger because they're going to be like, gosh, this could anyone be any more washed? I mean, truly, no one is playing Roethlisberger. But at least on DraftKings, 5400 is a very good price tag. And if you're telling me that you can you can potentially get 45 to 50 pass attempts out of a 5400 quarterback who has weapons as strong as him against Baltimore secondary, that's DFS gold if nobody's playing Roethlisberger. And then on the other side, I mean, we're, we don't need to sell you on Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley is awesome for tournaments. I think he's cash game viable. And with Huntley, I like the single stacks a little better. S- similar price to Lance on both platforms. I think Huntley's weapons are a little cheaper, which gives uh, the slight edge for me would be Huntley. And I have to note, yes, you're going to play a lot of Huntley Andrews, but Marquise Brown, he's, he's probably going to pop maybe this week. The last three games, Marquise Brown actually has a higher target share than Andrews. And he's also seeing a higher target share than Andrews in the red zone. A big week's going to happen when you're getting peppered with targets. Yet Andrews has three times the fantasy points as Marquise Brown in this span. Yes, Andrews has more air yards, but I don't think that extremely popular Andrews in the 7K range is necessarily a better play than 5,900 on DraftKings and only 6,200 on FanDuel Marquise Brown. I'm definitely going to mix in both of those guys. Little Rashad Bateman if I need to save salary in my lineup. Really like this game. Two motivated teams where if they want to make any kind of noise and sneak into the playoffs, they have to win this week. Seahawks, Cardinals, Cardinals looking at an outside shot here to leapfrog the Rams. Six and a half points here, 48 over under. Is it Russell Wilson's last game in Seattle? No idea. You talked about Penny. Metcalf exploded last week after disappointing for so many weeks. Cardinals trying to put together a post-DeAndre Hopkins offense. Could mean Zach Ertz, could mean A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. What do you got? So the last few weeks with no Hopkins, Zach Ertz has a 27% target share. Christian Kirk, 24% target share. If you do the math, over half of Kyler Murray's pass attempts are going to those two players. There you go. Natural double stack falls in your lap. We're all going to play Kyler Murray, especially, I mean, 7400 on DraftKings is a really nice price. And then even FanDuel, 8400 that's a fine price. I'm going to be heavily, heavily, heavily targeting this game. I mean, Zach Ertz without Hopkins has 12 and a half PPR points a game and he plays tight end and he hasn't scored since Hopkins left. That is elite usage. Imagine if you throw a touchdown in there. Chase Edmonds is out. James Conner is a smash play. He's too cheap on both platforms. I mean, this is just shaping up where everyone's really well-priced and it's going to be a very popular game. So we'll get to how to play this in a second. Also, I know Russ Metcalf finally hit. That's going to be a very popular stack. I'm going to be playing a lot of both these quarterbacks. My favorite way to play this is the full game onslaught because basically every player in this game is projecting to be pretty chalky right now, yet people don't like too much exposure to one game. My favorite way to play this, and you're actually going to see this TikTok on the player profiler TikTok account, recorded it earlier today on Friday. I think you go Kyler, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, the natural double stack, 
getting over half of Kyler's pass attempts, throw in Rashad Penny. I mean, how can you not right now? Rashad Penny is out of this world. And then also throw in either Metcalf or Lockett. And you might say, how can you do that? That's five of your nine lineup slots. I'll tell you why. I've looked at the Vegas game totals. No game total outside of this one even hits 45 points. They're all terrible game totals. This game totals 48. It's about 10% higher than every other total, which means to me, pretty strong chance this is the shootout and a really good chance that no other game is particularly interesting for DFS. There's a lot of withering offenses, uh, non-motivated teams. This is the game that you have to get a ton of exposure to. And my favorite way to do that is with double stacks. Kyler with two of Kirk, Ertz, Green, Connor, maybe even Antoine Wesley. Just cram in those Cardinals and then run it back with two of Penny and then either Metcalf or Lockett. Jets, Bills. Bills at home, favored by 16, but how much do they have to play here? 40 and a half point over under. COVID issues. Josh Allen needs to stay healthy. Devin Singletary does just enough to annoy us, of course. Jets coming in, trying to rally. Michael Carter, always an issue. Jamison Crowder should be back. Where do we go here, Josh? So what I like about this game is that the Bills really need to win this one to lock up the division. And that potentially, if they don't win this game, I think the Patriots are going to win their game. If the Bills lose and the Patriots win, the Bills are suddenly... They're not a divisional team, divisional winner. They're a wild card. They're not going to get home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. A lot of implications. I mean, the Bills want to play in Buffalo. It's not great weather. That's a nice advantage for them in the playoffs. So I think they're going to come out. And I think that uh, 16 point favorite kind of lets everyone know the Bills are supposed to just absolutely wreck the Jets. If I remember correctly, the team totals were like, Bills 29, Jets 13. It was something ridiculous like that. I hadn't seen that in a long time. I think you go Josh Allen double stacks with two of Singletary. He's the bell cow. And then two of Singletary, Diggs, Knox, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley. I think Diggs is my favorite. People just don't love paying up for Diggs right now. He has over 30% target share the last few weeks since we've had kind of the mix of Davis and Beasley with COVID, the Sanders injury. Diggs is really the preferred option right now. He's getting a massive target share. He just hasn't had the fantasy points. So I think you go Allen Diggs and then pick one of the other guys. I don't even know if you have to run it back. You could have Michael Carter. He's inexpensive. Jamison Crowder is seeing like nearly a 40% target share when healthy the last few weeks. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I do think he's going to play. I know Berrios won't play. The, the fun Barrios run is over. He's on IR. So I think you got Crowder. And then the very sneaky guy, you're going to want to save salary. Allen expensive, Diggs expensive. Hold your nose. Play a little stone min. Tyler Croft at tight end is the oh. run back. Tyler Croft the last few weeks has a 17% target share. The, the guy's doing something. And I, he's probably not going to get in the box. But if you want to save salary... There's kind of a nice floor there. And just based on usage, he can get you 8 to 12 fantasy points, which is more than enough to get there in a tournament. And when you can save the salary, when he's 2,500 on DraftKings. 
I'm going to have a little Tyler Croft in my portfolio. Minnesota, five and a half over the Bears. Over-under is 43.5. I think we're getting Kirk Cousins back here uh, for anyone who's got his season-long props hoping to, to score. Not much on the line here. Could be Matt Nagy's last job, Josh. What do you think? So I'm going to quote what you said while we were talking pre-show when you said, I have no read on this game. <laughs> None. I have no read on this game ever. But it's two very consolidated offenses. And as more and more games are falling by the wayside, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, kind of gloss over it. But like right when we know that Burrow and Baker aren't playing, it's like, well, that game's pretty much out of here. Oh, the the Packers locked up the one seed. Okay, that game, mostly out of here. And suddenly you're like, wow, there's not that many games I'm playing with. And... I do prefer stacking the Bears when Dalton plays. Dalton's going to be the starter. He's a pocket passer. Mooney and Allen Robinson are just so cheap. Cole Komet's pretty well priced. Montgomery's just been an absolute monster. He's still only 6,800 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. Montgomery should be more expensive. The guy's getting a 15% target share, 15 to 20 carries a game. Every single red zone touch for running backs goes to Montgomery. He is just a smash play. The Vikings defense, not very good. And the Vikings secondary has really just been burned over and over again. I might sneak a few Andy Dalton double stacks in there this weekend just because Dalton's really expensive on inexpensive on DraftKings at 5300 You could go Dalton, Mooney, Robinson. You're spending about 15000 on your core three players. You can easily afford to run it back with Jefferson or Cook. You can sneak in Cup, Debo, Jonathan Taylor. So I kind of like this game. Akeem Hicks, the big 350-pound nose tackle for the Bears. He is out. That's good news for Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, especially on DraftKings, only 7,800. That's a nice salary there. And then I know Justin Jefferson's chalk. It's for a reason. The Bears secondary still not fully healthy. So I think you can go some Cousins double stacks with... Jefferson Osborne or Jefferson Conklin. There's there's really good stuff here in this game with how consolidated these offenses are. Pretty nice prices across the board. I'm going to have some of this game. And just like you, I really don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't seem like either team is resting starters. That's important. Yeah, one of the few opportunities we have where you actually can look at it from that perspective. Colts minus 15 at the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, has been talked about all week that the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. And if Jacksonville somehow beats the Colts, the Chargers and the Raiders can tie and both make the playoffs. That is not going to happen. But where do we go here for DFS value? So I don't know if I would say this is a total value, but I'm going to play some Jonathan Taylor. If not a lot of Jonathan Taylor, 9,300 DraftKings, 10,200 FanDuel. I get he's expensive. However, remember the final week of the season last year when they played Jacksonville and he had 30 carries and 253 rushing yards? I mean, that could happen again. hes I don't think he's going to hit the 2,000 rushing yards mark. He needs 266 in this game to get there. I don't quite think his usage is going to be quite that outrageous. However, with... So few good running back plays on the slate in the higher range. Jonathan Taylor could get you 30 fantasy points and we could have nobody within five or six on the rest of the slate. So I think he gives you just incredible leverage on the field if he hits, knowing what these other options look like. I will say, not really going to play many Wentz stacks, if any. He's probably not going to be in my quarterback pool, but 
I think Michael Pittman's interesting as a one-off play. Yes, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get crushed. I don't think the Colts are going to have to pass much. But if for some reason something funky happens, we see it week after week. Think Buccaneers-Jets last week. Nobody thought the Buccaneers were going to have to have a last-minute touchdown to beat the Jets. We could be seeing that this week. Michael Pittman, the last few weeks, has a 37% target share. So if for some reason Jacksonville keeps this close, a la Jets-Buccaneers from last week, he could have a really, really massive game on the Jacksonville end. Very little interest across the board. Ogumba Wale, I have to say he's 5600 on FanDuel. That is just a, a crazy price for what I think his usage is going to be. You can mix him into your running back pool. Chenault is 3700 on DraftKings. Moderate interest there, slot receiver, zone defense. But overall, I think you mostly just play some JT and not really going to stack either of these offenses for DFS. Tennessee, minus 10 at Houston. I think the Texans are more alive in this game than people think. I know the Titans have a lot to play for. They want to keep the one seed. They'll know the Chiefs' outcome on Saturday, whether they can they need to win or not. But 10 points for a Houston team, not many players on the injury report, so pretty healthy game both ways. You see value here? So I will note it's in Houston – and when they played earlier this year in Tennessee, the Texans beat them pretty handily. So this is no gimme matchup for the Titans. However, I do think they're going to win. I think Devont, Deonta Foreman is rightfully a, a pretty chalky running back. The Houston Texans' pass defense has actually been about league average. Their run defense has been just awful. So I, I could really see Foreman going for over 100 yards in this one hitting that three-point bonus for 100 yards on DraftKings. The other guy that I'm looking at is A.J. Brown, obviously. A.J. Brown is so inexpensive. 7,000 DraftKings, 7,400 FanDuel. Yes, I know that his probably median outcome, he's not hitting at his salary. But for what his upside is and how he can break the slate, kind of what we saw when they played the 49ers and over half of Tannehill's pass attempts went to A.J. Brown, we could see that in this one. The Houston Texans, kind of a league average pass defense. I would say A.J. Brown is well, 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 well above a league average receiver. So I think that if anyone's going to eat in this passing game, it's him. Julio should be back. I think that will make a lot of people reconsider A.J. Brown, even though it's not like Julio's commanding any type of target share when he's been on the field this year. So I think that the two guys to look at are Brown and Foreman. And then on the other side, Brandon Cooks. David Johnson should be back for this one. Bye-bye, uh, Burkhead being DFS viable. I think you basically just sneak in a little Brown or Foreman in your lineups. And you can always have a little correlation with Brandon Cooks mixed in there as well. Keep it simple. Cleveland, Cincinnati, the rivalry. This game had the biggest swing of any line the entire week. Opened with Cleveland getting three. Then the new, based on the news that Baker Mayfield wasn't going to play, then of course it comes out that the Bengals are going to be resting a lot of players. It's now Cleveland minus six with Case Keenum, Nick Chubb. Is he going to get enough usage? Kareem Hunt is back. 38 over under. Browns, Bengals. I, I don't think I can play any Browns. Looks like Hunt is back. What's his usage going to be? 
I don't know. I mean, Nick Chubb played last week with no hunt. He barely even touched the ball. The Browns are out of the playoff picture. I think there's just nothing to play for. They're just going to let Case Keenum have a little fun out there. And then on the Bengals side, it is Brandon Allen. That is bad news. I have no idea what the snaps are going to look like for all their receiving options. CJ Uzama didn't practice all week. He probably won't play. Or if he does, it's going to be sparingly. I've heard rumors Jamar Chase will play a few snaps and then relax. At this point, I mean, Joe Burrow's not playing. The Bengals have nothing to play for. They're just happy to win the division. They don't really care what their seed is at this point, whether it's the two, the three, the four. They're just happy to be here and and break that playoff drought. I'm not playing anyone from this game. If you force me to play someone from this game, okay. It'd be Samaje Pirine, who's 5,300 on DraftKings. Mixon's out with COVID. Pirine's going to get probably the bulk of the work. But again, this game's probably going to be gross, low scoring. Uh, The Browns' defense is pretty good. I think they're just going to eat Brandon Allen alive. I think the better way to play this is a little bit of Bengals and Browns defense, especially the Browns defense on DraftKings. At only 2,600, they're going to be really popular, and they should be. They're they're just going to crush uh, Brandon Allen and the, the Bengals' backups. Green Bay minus 3.5, Detroit. Lions have played hard all year, with the exception of maybe that Bengals game at home. But they've competed well, fought hard. They're certainly going to show up here against a rivalry. These games I look back, Josh, for the past few years, Always close, with the exception of one game at Ford Field. It's usually seven points or less. DeAndre Swift is back. Packers are going to rest the entire world because certainly Rodgers has been limping around. They don't want to hurt him at all. This is their swan song, their big chance. Detroit, a live underdog here. Some players are limited, but I'm not sure how much they're going to play. This is where really knowing what you think is going to happen and who would go in in these situations will help. Jordan Love and the Packers against the Lions. Go ahead. You, you can't play Packers in this one. I think as we get closer to game time, if we find out for some reason that, hey, every starter is resting and you can say, all right, Equinemius, St. Brown, Amari Rogers, full snap share at the Stoneman price. Okay, maybe you can get me a little excited, but I mean, Jordan Love, I there are actually a lot of people out there, real DFS people that are touting Jordan Love all over Twitter. And I go, you do realize Jordan Love is going to be playing a Lions team that's been playing hard recently and that he's the same price as Trey Lance and Tyler Huntley. No, no, no. You you don't want to play Jordan Love with really uh, bad receiving talent around him. It's going to be backups. Just avoid that Packers side unless we know for sure this is a certified free square receiver getting uh, 40 to 50 snaps. On the Lions side, there's two guys to zone in on. Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously, who's averaging over 25 DraftKings points a game the last month. My goodness. The last three weeks, Amon Ross St. Brown, 36% target share. This guy is an animal. And he had the big game last week, even with DeAndre Swift coming back. And I know DeAndre Swift didn't do much in the box score, but DeAndre Swift did run 26 routes. He was very active in the passing game. He just didn't really get it done. I'm going to be playing a good amount of DeAndre Swift. He's only 5,900 on DraftKings. Packers are resting starters. Even if the Packers chose not to rest their starters, oh, that's fine with me. Did you know that the the Packers are a bottom five run defense according to DVOA? 
They've been terrible against the run. And they're resting starters. If DeAndre Swift gets a few more carries than last week, combined with him running all the routes, he's just going to totally crush, especially on DraftKings at only 5,900. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's priced up 6,800 DraftKings, 7,500 FanDuel. I really like Amon Ross St. Brown on DraftKings at 6,800. The guy's been getting over 11 targets each of the past five weeks. So very good PPR value there. And like I said, the past month, past four weeks, over 25 DraftKings points a game. So I know the salary is expensive. People don't want to play him. It's okay. I will be playing a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown because for some reason, they're just funneling the offense through this guy. So to recap, Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, and nobody else. The recency bias paradox is beautiful here. People aren't going to play Amara St. Brown no matter how much he performed. And no one's playing DeAndre Swift because he didn't perform last week when he came back. That's where you can take advantage. Washington minus seven at the Giants. Giants look like dead man walking. Washington, can they rally here? Over under is 38. Probably one of the best, most consistent situations with the quarterback at Taylor Heineke that we know somebody who's going to play, who's been the normal quarterback, who should get the most most of the game here for Washington. Giants underdog at home. What do you think, Josh? This is, this is a really gross game. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> when you see that the football team is getting seven on the road, that's when you know that this is just, we're, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I think you play Antonio Gibson. He should be getting a, a good amount of work. 5,800 DraftKings, 6,800 FanDuel. That's very nice. The only other guy that's a skill player, John Bates, 3K on DraftKings. I think he's viable. Ricky Seals-Jones already ruled out with a concussion. So this way you can you can keep it really cheap and get some targets with Bates. I think the only other thing that I would say is you can play some defense. Both defenses are fairly reasonably priced on DraftKings, both kind of in the middle tier range. I think it's going to be a crazy low scoring game. FanDuel, though, it's a lot harder to pay for the football team. They're priced up there. But, I mean, it's Jake Fromm. Mike Glennon, he's out. It, this is just going to be such a terrible game. I think Heineke, or Heineke he, he could get there, but there's just better options on this slate. And I don't think we, we need to, to force it too much. So, a little Gibson, maybe a little Bates if you want to save money. Play the defenses. But overall, you do not want a lot of exposure to this game. Tampa Bay, Carolina, Brady, whole new slew of wide receivers, but certainly looked fine in that last draft there against the Jets last week. Carolina coming down to play the rival, just a a broken team in my opinion with everything going on with Matt Rule. What do you think here? Gronkowski, there's a couple options. They're going to rest some guys, but they're home. Cyril Grayson, Tyler Johnson, what do you think? So I'm going to be playing some Tom Brady double stacks like every week. I just, we're going back to the well as usual. I think the the guys in play here, especially Evans Gronk, that's the obvious double stack. I'm also going to mix in Keyshawn Vaughn in there. We've seen the Bucs running backs be active in the passing game. Vaughn was a decent college receiver. Ronald Jones ruled out. Fournette still on IR. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to take that much work away. So I really think it's going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. He's only 5,300 on DraftKings. And then it's pretty egregious. He's 
5,900 on FanDuel. The Buccaneers have a crazy high projected team total. So to get their workhorse back at sub 6K, that's just a gift to all of us. That's why Keyshawn Vaughn is chalk. The other uh, obscure guy that I think you should mix into your double stacks is, like you mentioned, Cyril Grayson. Undersized, sub 4-4 speed. There is nobody else on this roster, really, that has a skill set similar to Antonio Brown that can play in the slot other than him. Obviously, big downgrade from Antonio Brown. But also, the salary reflects that. Grayson's really inexpensive. And the coaching staff has talked him up all week. Brady has talked him up all week. He ran 30 routes this past game. He had eight targets, six catches, 81 receiving yards. He even had 75 air yards out of the slot. I think Grayson is kind of the meal ticket here to get a unique Brady double stack where you you pay up for Evans or Gronk, you throw Grayson in there. Robbie Anderson hasn't practiced all week. Maybe it's purely DJ Moore. 5,800 DraftKings, 6,100 FanDuel. Not a bad price for someone who's already getting over 10 targets a game and probably won't have Robbie Anderson opposite him. I think you go Brady double stacks and you either don't run it back or you run it back with DJ Moore. One of my favorite games on the slate, Saints at Atlanta. Old rivalry, always bitter. Atlanta beat the Saints in New Orleans with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Matt Ryan over 300 passing yards against that Saints defense. Saints looking for revenge, need to win to have any chance to make the playoffs here. Atlanta would love to play spoiler. Over-unders 39 and a half. Kyle Pitts is a question mark. Falcons coming in, hoping to, to dominate at home against the Saints team that with Taysom Hill, a quarterback, has struggled on offense. Although they did find a way to shut out Tampa Bay with that defense. They need another big performance. You scared off from that here, Josh, or you finding value somewhere? So I think overall, I don't want too much exposure to this game. Very low game total. I just don't expect all that much from either offense at this point in where we're at in the season and what we've seen recently from these teams. Taysom Hill, yeah, he's a fine price, but it's just so hard to to figure out how to stack him. Do you go with Kamara? Do you go with Callaway? I just don't love Taysom Hill for DFS tournaments. I think he I think he's cash viable on DraftKings. But I think the the real player I have my eye on here is Kamara. Mark Ingram's ruled out. The Saints, as we know, they need to win to potentially make the playoffs. Basically, if the Niners lose on the road to the Rams, which very well could happen, and the Saints, who were favored on the road against the Falcons, win, which could happen. So if if the game if the the spreads reflect what's going to happen, then the Niners lose, Saints win, and they get the the final wild card slot. I think they're going to lean on Kamara heavily. I really like him, especially on DraftKings. He's only 8,300. He's been getting a massive target share recently, even with this quarterback carousel. So I think that's really the play as you go Kamara. If you want some correlation, I think Pitts and Gage are viable. I will caution people like I have the last few weeks against Cordero Patterson, whose role is still that of a running back. He was basically just... We, we, we hit the nuts with his role early in the season where he's running back eligible, yet he's basically getting receiver usage. That's kind of flipped. Cordell Patterson's mostly a between-the-tackles grinder who's getting very little pass game usage. And at his salary in a bad offense, not much interest. So I think you go Kamara, maybe correlate with Pitts or Gage, but 
really, you can just pound Kamara here because they're going to need to rely on him heavily in this one. And last one, we got the Pats at Miami favored by six over under 40 people always afraid of the Patriots, especially in a week 18 game. And Josh, as you said before, some unexpected chalk with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I can't quite figure it out. JC Jackson, the slot corner, he's pretty good. He's going to line up on Jalen Waddle. I get it. Jalen Waddle, especially on DraftKings, 6,300. It's a great price. But, I mean, what 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 is the ceiling here? Kind of tough for me to see Waddle really smashing in this matchup. Devontae Parker, another pretty good salary. He's 4,900 and 5,600 on the two platforms. But still, what, what's the ceiling here? The Dolphins' offense really looked terrible last week against the Titans bottom of the pack pass defense. Now they get a much better pass defense in the Patriots. What are we really looking at? The Patriots motivated here. They want to win. If they win and the, the, the bills lose, suddenly the Patriots get the division. Also, if they lose, they can potentially fall out of the top wildcard slot and that can have home field advantage ramifications later on in the playoffs. I think they're going to play their starters in this one. I think the Patriots are going to win pretty handily. I think the the best way to play this game is just sprinkle in some Patriots running backs, decent salaries for both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, who have just been touchdown magnets the last few weeks where the Patriots offense is cooking. They get near the goal line. They don't do anything fancy. They're just handing it off. So I think Harris and Stevenson, the best way to play this. If you want to correlate, sure, throw in Waddle or Parker if you want, but I just don't like playing ultra chalk receivers with a low team total, not not an elite quarterback, going up against a good pass defense, really hard to sell me on why I should play a lot of those pass catchers. And it makes me want to play more Mike Gesicki if I'm going to play a pass catcher in that offense because Mike Gesicki, no one's playing him. Did you see the red ink? You can't play Mike Gesicki. The Patriots shut down tight ends. And then if you dig a little deeper, you realize Mike Kosicki's not a tight end. He's tight end eligible, but he doesn't line up like a tight end. He's always lining up in the slot or, or out wide. Like Mike Kosicki is not the traditional inline tight end. So I think Kosicki in the 5K range on both platforms is a nice way to pivot off the super chalky Miami receivers in this one. When in doubt, folks, we've been saying it for 30 years. Just be like Mike. When in doubt, folks, we've been saying it for 30 years. Just be like Mike. I can't think of a better one for that. Is there a better one you can come up with than that? I don't know. Maybe I should have chose a more interesting game to end on. <laughs> I just... Let me try something else. Let me try something else. All right. Week 18, folks. Forget recency bias. Trust the research. Go with your gut. 
The answer to the question is always DeAndre Swift. Better, maybe. I don't know. I think they were both. They're both okay. Marginal. Yeah, I think I actually like the Mike one better. That was. Yeah. I feel like that one's a little funnier. I remember last year on this for the final week of the season, I made a lot of money because that Titans Texans game went nuclear, mm-hmm. and AJ Brown and I think it was what was it AJ Brown and Brandon Cooks both yep. had like thirty five fantasy points. Yep. Something like that. I remember I had those two in a lineup and they just went poof. And then I had JT in that lineup who obviously did well. And then the weird one was to correlate with JT, I put Chenault in there yep. who had two touchdowns. Yep. And that was one of my best weeks of the year was yep. Perfect. Chenault, JT, Cooks, AJ Brown. I was like, AFC South, baby. Yep. <laughs> you know it. But uh, probably not going to do that this year. When in doubt, AFC South. Yep. Those, those games don't look as good this year. This is usually the the best week of the year to make money.